everyone, and welcome to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. If it's your first time here on the podcast, we talk about games and movies, news, plus we what we watched or played over the week. Thank you for watching episode 51, as this is now the beginning of season two, and I'm doing air quotes as well. We are now in season two of the podcast. Season two has come, and isn't uh, season two where stuff really starts to pick off, pick up normally? Yeah, this is where all of the storylines from the first season start to build up. Yep. We won't have any finales. Well, we'll see, I guess. All the characters have been introduced, so now we can get down to a story. Exactly. And yep. My name's Barry with my co-host. My name's Craig. And now that we're here, if we're going to go ahead and start with the news, which uh, I'll start with kind of the biggest piece that I've okay. come across. Tiger Woods is coming back to PGA Golf Tour video games. Mm-hmm. And... What's funny is you look up gaming news like in Google right now, and the first thing you see is ESPN reporting that Tiger Woods signed this massive deal with PGA Tour and um, golf games. So this is big win. This is a huge win for golf games because yep. the the one thing I think PGA Tour was missing, and it's a good golf game, but I I kind of miss like you going up against known prone pro players. So you have you know. You're a character, but then you're also in the same leaderboard with Tiger Woods or Roy McIlroy or Dustin Johnson or, you know, he hasn't golfed in a little bit. Sergio Garcia, you know, there's a whole bunch of other golfers that I could list. But yeah. I re- um, you, this is a step in the right direction for PGA Tour to kind of get their golf games back on track because I didn't hear anything about this PGA golf game doing incredibly well, but the basics are there for the golf game. They just need to expand on it and, you know, add player likeness in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind this last PGA tour. I thought it was pretty good. It was a little lacking as far as content, but like playing it was fun. And I saw this story too. And just to get my, I guess, facts straight, the original tiger woods was on EA, right? And then this is on 2k. So he's moving companies, right? I think. Okay. So, it's just interesting that he's coming back because I think ever since they took his name off of the EA ones, it kind of spiraled downhill real quick. Um, so it's going to be a huge thing when people go into a store and see Tiger Woods PGA Tour. You're immediately going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that, even though it's not the same game at all. You're still going to be like, I have such fond memories of Tiger Woods games growing up. So I'm super excited. Um, I think, you know, the games itself just need a little bit more and they'll be I'll be more than willing to buy it when it comes out probably yeah they just need to get more than just tiger woods like i understand that tiger woods in a golf game can be the final boss yeah i guess of it all with you facing him one-on-one but you you do want to be able to see your other favorite golfers in there and you know tiger woods of course is probably the most famous golfer of all time but a lot of people who are into golf now really haven't seen that much of tiger or him play that well they want to see kind of the you know, I think his name is Bryson DeChambeau or mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I'm, I got my golfers. I know. I know him. You watch so, more yeah. than I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I, I really like I like golf. I like playing it, too. So that's I just have so many, so many good memories of playing old Tiger Woods games with friends and just how crazy it would get. So I think it a little bit more towards the arcadey side would be good for me. Like those older ones tended to be really arcadey. Um not that's definitely not a bad thing at least in my eyes i know people want simulation but i prefer to like a little bit more of arcadey yeah just and i think we've mentioned it on the before just bring back the 
when you're on the driver and you hit like a, a downright like straight shot that it does like the multiple camera zooms mm-hmm. and then the ball finally lifts off like that that was always super arcadey and fun the way that happened and let me mash a direction and the button to make it get spinned that's yes. all i want <laughs> yeah let's let's break the x buttons or yep. the a buttons on all of our controllers yep that's what i want uh all right so another one that i we've talked about already but i thought was pretty cool is outriders is coming to game pass um me and you had specifically talked about deciding whether or not we were going to get this game and i was kind of on the fence about it but uh now i don't have to worry about it which is kind of cool um i think it'll help their player base because a lot more people are going to try it who may not have otherwise um it's been kind of hit or miss as far as reviews on the demo so if you don't have to have an initial 60 dollar upfront investment i think you're going to see a ton of people trying this out yeah i i think outright is a cool concept and i was really on the fence about buying it i don't know if i would have Mm -hmm. but i'm i am really glad that they decided to make it a day one game pass game and at least give me the ability to try it is going to be the main thing there and as, as long as there's an ability to try it then there's a chance that i could be grabbed by it this We've been burned on these games before. I I get a lot of Remnant from the Ashes feel from this game because mm-hmm. it's first-person shooting or third-person cover-based shooting with, you know, boss-type things and special powers, class-type things. You know, there's a lot of similarities between the two games, but it's, right. there's a chance. There, there's a chance <laughs> that this game gets me. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it its due because you said this was made by the people that made Bulletstorm, right? People yep. can fly. Yep. And... I feel like this game is of of course this is a lot more serious, but Bulletstorm like you know was a fun arcadey shooter. Yeah, and I think if we've learned one thing is if you don't have an investment on a game, uh, there are people out there like yourself who, if you like a game enough, are willing to drop tons of money into it. So, <laughs> you know, I knew there was going to be one dig at me yep. for the amount of skins I buy on Apex, but you know that's. <laughs> that's neither here or there we were talking about outriders yeah yeah i mean i would be willing if the game is fun like i'd be more than willing to invest money in it but more willing than i would have been if i already paid 60 dollars for sure yeah yeah i'm with you talking about game pass uh Mm -hmm. just a little bit of i guess smaller news at that point we also have octopath traveler coming to game pass which is an excellent like old-timey uh like rpg turn-based game it's awesome and the uh kind of how you select your your starting point is really cool because the unique thing about this game is your start you can start the game in eight different spots with eight different characters and there's a prologue to each of these characters so you get to learn more about them and then from there you just go across the you know the nation and you slowly get these other eight characters it's a really fun game and it wasn't nintendo switch exclusive so it's nice to see this game coming to Game Pass. And then we also have Undertale, which should already be added to Game Pass. But yep. that game was extremely popular when it came out. So this is more good news for Game Pass. Like we, we talk about it, I think I feel like at least once a month on the podcast, Game Pass is the best gaming deal. Like right now, there's, you know, you're getting you're getting like really good games day one without having to pay an extra dollar and you still have your xbox live with it so yeah i can't i won't go on a huge rant about it but xbox game passes you know just continuing to show its value 
Yeah, I just downloaded. I didn't start it yet, but I downloaded Undertale. I played like the first hour on PC a long time ago and then kind of stopped. But like I always wanted to play through it because of how much everybody really likes that game. Um, so having that be on there out, out of nowhere was cool. You had all the Bethesda stuff that got added recently, which is cool. Um, yeah. And then now you have Outriders and um, also like Yakuza 6 is coming in like a week or two. So there's so many games. It's almost like I go on Game Pass and it's like overwhelming the amount of stuff to choose from. And I end up just downloading a bunch of stuff and sometimes never even actually launching them. But having the ability to look at all that stuff and not have to pay any of that is insane. So for the 700th time in the past year, you should have Game Pass if you have an Xbox or PC. Yeah, I will admit, like, I've I had the benefit of having a computer that can kind of run most games and I have an Xbox. And I do believe that on on PC, I feel like there is less of an Mm -hmm. option for a lot of these things. So they do tend to go, you know, or favor the console gamers but still PC, you know, and they have all of the Age of Mythologies on there, which is a hit classic for me when I used to play as a kid. So there are still games to play on PC. Just don't expect the same library. Right. For both of them. It's slowly getting bigger. But yeah, the emphasis is definitely on the console. They want you in that console ecosystem. So they're more than willing to throw games at that. Uh, we have also Rockstar um, just paid the modder toast $10,000 because he fixed the load times on PC, which I thought was kind of cool. They had this bounty before for fixing like exploits or bugs that they would pay to people, but they did make an exception for this modder, which I thought was really awesome that he took the time to figure out how to fix the loading times, which were pretty bad on PC. And uh, they were willing to be like, Hey, have 10 grand. You earned it. Yeah, one of my favorite YouTube channels, like Funhouse, mm-hmm. I constantly see their live streams where they're trying to load into like GTA and it takes an exponentially long time or it never even loads yeah. in some cases. So this is good for the GTA community where like GTA Online is surprisingly still very alive in a yep. lot of ways. You know, that while that game has been re-released almost like four and about to be, I think, five times in a way. Yep. They 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 managed to keep their you know keep their customers and keep them coming with all the DLC that they continue to bring out with the multiplayer stuff and i have to admit from what i've seen like the heist things that you can do on multiplayer you know how you can now own like um submarines <laughs> in yeah. in some in some aspects so they continue to grow it and make it bigger it's it's just impressive like this is why rockstar doesn't come out with games every two years or every or you know sometimes even four years it's because they have gta which is doing exponentially well yeah. you know for for multiplayer and then you have more story-based game like red dead redemption 2 where you know you could spend hundreds of hours playing that game and you know you don't have to touch online which that's a me- you know the online it for red dead redemption was a mess at launch yep. but so was gta but we're Regardless, it's impressive and I can't help but, you know, continue to uh, say good things about Rockstar because they continue to do great. On a side note, too, with GTA, I literally just read an article today and was talking about how impressive they thought the next gen version that's coming out for the consoles, you know, for a Series X and PlayStation 5, it looks and runs. And I read it 
And I said, you know, you're not going to do it to me again because I bought it on 360 and then I bought it on Xbox One. I'm not buying it again. I don't care how well it runs and what it looks like. I'm not buying it again. There's no way. But I'm sure they'll still sell a ton next gen, obviously. Yeah, and with my next story, Assassin's Creed creator and boss at Stadia Games, now Xbox, Jade Ranman announces a studio named Haven, and it is a PlayStation exclusive studio. Uh, I'm just, one, happy in general that Jade Raymond continues to work in video games. The failure of Stadia, Stadia is not her fault right. uh, by, by any means. Uh, Google's known for doing what they do with with kind of not failed things, but just downsizing it in a lot of ways. And the fact that she's one of the Assassin's Creed creators, I think is awesome. She, she has a really good mind that I think belongs in gaming. And while this studio Haven had, doesn't have any new games announced, I'm just excited to see what they're working on. It is an indie studio. So I'm not sure if we should be expecting triple a, you know, um, games from that. Yeah, it should be interesting. Um, it depends. I guess maybe if Sony gets behind them, they could put out something pretty, pretty big. But my money would be on something maybe on the smaller end, but of high, high quality. So I'm excited to see what it is. I'm still waiting on that PlayStation exclusive to make me buy a new console. So we'll, <laughs> you'll, we'll you'll wait a little bit longer. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, we that's will. for sure. Uh, I don't have any other stories, so it's all you. Cool. I got some other things to talk about. Uh, one Fall Guys season four gets a trailer and it goes futuristic with them skipping like, I don't know, like to 4041 or something like that. And there is a hint with a collaboration with Among Us. We really don't play this game a at all, but Fall Guys is still continuing to put out content, put out more games to continue to make the game somewhat relevant. And that that's good on them. They're going to use some of that epic money yeah. <laughs> that yeah. they got. So good for them. Next up is rust lost 25 servers in a in a fire like an overheating server so if you kind of don't understand what that means it's pretty bad for people so in the game rust you you can spend like hundreds of hours building your own stuff and creating your character and and just doing things around the world and this is all hosted by a server-based community and they lost these servers permanently so there are people who lost their server that could have spent over 200 hours on this game that are never going to get their stuff back. It's a very unfortunate thing, and I'm interested to see what the Rust developers decide to do from here uh, to maybe try to help these gamers in an easier way, maybe get back to where they were. But just in general, that sucks. You really don't hear too many game studios losing servers and end up having to, you know... You know, I, I I can't imagine being a player of that game that's put over 100 hours into it coming in and your server not existing anymore and then hearing about this story and knowing that that your server was unfortunately <laughs> one of the ones that was lost in a fire. Yeah, I can't like I don't really play any games, at least right now, that have that kind of like persistent thing, but I can't imagine losing like like progress in the apex or call of duty or something like that. And I'm sure it would be the same kind of pain that I would feel. Um, or in your case, losing all your skins, maybe that was the second dig by the way. Um, but yeah, that's, ter <laughs> that's terrible. So like, I, hopefully they can figure out a way to, you know, speed up their progress or whatever, but such a bummer. 
cloud backup. Maybe that's what they should have had, right? Yeah, maybe a cloud <laughs> backup. Just a couple other smaller things, and I'll just kind of run through them. Uh, Star Citizen now raises $350 million have been raised for the game that hasn't been released, that has been working on for like the plus eight years. Never expected to come out, but we're going to continue here. Mm-hmm. A transmog feature was added to Valha- Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and people are not happy about it's implemented. How transmog works, and if that, that word's kind of weird, I had to look it up what it meant myself. In these loot-based Assassin's Creed games, sometimes you kind of have to, like, you have, like, a matching set, and sometimes it's not very powerful, but you like the way it looks. Transmog, what it allows you to do is transfer, like, the stats of your highest weapon over to that piece of armor that you like, or or over to that weapon that you like. That way you get to keep that look and keep, you know, the, the piece of armor or weapon that you've been working so hard to upgrade and and whatnot and the reason people are not happy is because it costs currency to do it it's not something that's free people are upset about it but you know they're gonna they're gonna try to find a way to do it yeah in any way they can another thing was vr is not a focus for microsoft uh there was a mistranslation in a french article saying that uh there were hints about vr coming out microsoft really has microsoft kind of came out and said no the translation error we're not really interested in vr Eh, my opinion is it is what it is with that like playstation has kind of vr down packed and with xbox trying to do a console and pc type thing i think they're gonna go with they really don't need to touch vr in any way yeah they just had the trailer not too long ago for that revamped hololens too which i know that's more angled towards like businesses and that kind of stuff not really like personal use but I think that's really the only thing they're even remotely interested in at this point. And then last news story for me is that according to job listings on Naughty Dog's website, there is a position open for a and I'm trying to make it I'm trying to like dumb it down in ways, but it's the position is hinting that Naughty Dog's next game is going to be an online multiplayer live service game. So that's kind of out of left field for at least for a lot of people who are a fan of Naughty Dog because yeah. they've been known for their single player experience as of late. But I'm still happy that it's I'm I'm hoping this isn't this Naughty Dog isn't going to do the same thing as Bioware because it feels so much like it right now because I'm even yep. drawing the comparisons between it. You had Bioware that had Dragon Age and Mass Effect, two pop super popular games. Then they went from those single-player games, for the most part, Mass Effect 2 or 3 had some multiplayer aspects, and then they went to Anthem, and that failed. Yep. I'm just hoping Naughty Dog doesn't get there. Yeah. They do single-player so well to see them do something besides that is a... I don't know if it's concerning, but, like, they, I just... I love their story. So if that can translate over to a persistent online thing, cool. But like, that's not really what I'm looking for when I look at a Naughty Dog game. So cautiously optimistic about it, I guess. Yeah, one of the things that I guess the difference between Bioware and Naughty Dog is that Naughty Dog is owned by Sony or a Sony bought them as a studio. So, you know, Sony's going to be watching over them as they make whatever this live, you know, service game is. And you know, no matter what it is, I'm probably going to give it a shot. I love what Naughty Dog's put out for the past, you know, decade in a lot of ways with the Uncharted and Last of Us series. 
So they just have to keep that up and I'm going to continue to buy their games. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a shot, whatever it is. I'm not going to just write it off if it's online multiplayer type stuff, but I don't know. Maybe they're looking for a uh, Last of Us or Uncharted based online multiplayer thing. Who knows? And then that's it for news. So now we're going to go over to games played for the week. And we have a huge opening game here. Craig played it on stream. <laughs> I, we got to know more about it. Tell me more about this game, Craig. We're talking about Gal Gun on the Switch. Um, I did stream it one day for a agonizing, extremely <laughs> uncomfortable hour <laughs> or so. Um, I've never played. I don't know. I think there's two of them, right? Total. There's one. Yeah. Um, I've never played any of them. I was just scouring the old Gamefly app because there hasn't really been anything new coming out, trying to find something to play. And I stumbled upon that and the reviews were extremely high. So I figured, why not? This will be entertaining to stream. We'll give it a shot. Uh, I don't think the actual gameplay is that bad. It does remind me of when games that used to be in arcades like Time Crisis, um, even before that, there was Virtual Cop way back when. When those games would get ported over to console, um, like Time Crisis was on PlayStation 1, I think, and you would try and play it with a controller and you just had to move the cursor around the screen. That's what, yeah. It reminds me of those days where it doesn't quite feel right and it feels like you should just be playing with a light gun, but light guns aren't a thing anymore. So you have to stick with the controller. I don't think it's terrible. Um, it controls fairly well. Um, it's just the fact that, I guess for me, one, streaming it, it's just a game that like makes you super uncomfortable if people are watching, right? <laughs> because it's a game that like if you were playing and you were at your, say you're uh, younger maybe and you're playing and your your mom comes in, you might be a little embarrassed, I guess. But uh, at its core, the game plays fine. It almost feels like, almost like a like a dating simulator with uh you know on rail shooters in between your choices that you're picking to how to respond to whatever girl you choose to go after um the only thing i'm not a fan of is the uh wonderful doki doki mode um <laughs> <laughs> just just the fact that the camera just consistently just zooms in closer and closer and you have to find the right uh ecstasy spots for the girls and then shoot them when it lights up um, and then, but that portion goes on for entirely too long, way too long to the point yeah. that even yeah. if you're by yourself, I think it would be a little uncomfortable, but besides that, it's fine. Um, I don't know. It is a little pervy for sure, <laughs> but, uh, it's some of it's kind of funny the way they handle it. I don't know that I can a hundred percent recommend it, but it's a, it would be a rent for me if you're into that kind of stuff or you're just looking for something new and strange to play. Are you going to try it out? <laughs> you know, if I had the ability to rent it like you yeah. did, I probably, I, I probably would, mm -hmm. but I don't have Gamefly or anything like that. So it's not like something that I can just easily just mm -hmm. go, okay, send this to me. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe if I'm being honest, it would, <laughs> it seems like just a fun game to play for a little bit. And like, even for like anime standards, this game is like really pushing it for me. Yeah. Like I tend to like, the rpg type uh, you know anime games this is not really rpg this is a uh, time crisis but anime and yeah. really really lewd yeah in, <laughs> in right in more ways than we can count so like i can get down with 
out there games like for how bad the leisure shoot Larry games were back in the day. Um, those I always thought were entertaining. I thought they were hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think like the choices you make when you're talking to them, they're not super deep, right? They give you like three answers and none of them are that great. But uh, it's it was enough to keep me engaged and entertained for the hour or so that I played it. I'll probably go back and finish at least that one character that I chose to go after romance, if you will. I don't know if I'll do all four, but we'll see. It's probably yeah, it's probably pretty awkward. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. <laughs> I I know the awkwardness that comes with playing these games sometimes. Mm-hmm. But w- for me, I didn't get to play that many games this week. But what I can say is one Balan, I'm trying to make sure I get it over like the the podcast here correctly. Balan mm-hmm. Wonderland is kind of the sleeper game for me that I think I might surprisingly like. Now, this game is also not getting a lot of press or anything like that, but it's made by the director who also made Billy and the Egg Hatcher, which is a close game to me because of my childhood. Now, in the demo, you control, you know, one of two characters and what it is is it's a 3d platformer and you're able to collect these costumes and they do different abilities some shoot some help you climb some help you kind of glide and stuff like that so it's all about a like it's pretty much a 3d platformer at collect-a-thon sort of thing where you're collecting pieces in that i played the demo and i was surprisingly having fun um and with that demo, I can tell you I'm going to be getting it. And it comes out next week along with yeah. Monster Hunter Rise. But, y- you know, I-, I was extremely surprised that I was interested in this game because there's I-, I feel like a lot of the press right now isn't one talking about it or two has been kind of, uh, I guess, uh, I guess pushing it down as though like, oh, this game's just going to be eh. Mm-hmm. And. You know, not every game is, you know, a a seller. Not every game is going to sell, you know, multi-millions of copies. But I think that maybe this game is something that a lot of people are overlooking. And I'm excited even to get the full game when it comes out. This game to me screams like the physical copy screams something that like 10 years from now is going to be worth a ton of money. Right. I just feel like (laughs) it just feel like you're not going to see too many physical copies in stores. Uh you know, and then I think it's a game that like is going to be word of mouth about how good it is. And then by that time, everybody's going to be like, oh, I want to play that, but I can't find it physically. Digitally, you'll be able to. But I don't know. It just has that feel to me that like there's games. Um, I'm trying to think of the one on the Xbox. The zombie one is like Stubbs that they're remaking. Like that was kind of the same thing um, that if you can I've find. I've never heard of that one. Really? I'm pretty no, sure I've it's never Stubbs. heard of Stubbs. Let me look it up real quick. But it was on the original Xbox and like that game, like a physical copy of that game's worth a ton um, because nobody really wanted it when it came out. But now like it's looked upon as like, man, that was a that was a great platformer. Yes, Stubbs the zombie. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm really excited for this game. Uh, I think it's going to be really good. I just think it's going to be something that once people actually r- realize, you know, how good it is, it'll get the respect it deserves, but probably not right away. Yeah, and also I should mention two-player local co-ops. So I think it's going to be something where as well, you know, you, you know, you have a kid and, uh, you know, I have a roommate. Maybe it's something that we decide to play or something like that. You know, a lot of 
I don't you don't find a lot of local co-op games anymore. Everything's usually based online because you don't have to split the screen and do all the processing power uh, that involves putting two players in the game in the same game that are on, you know, on the same couch or chair. But it, it looks like a lot of fun. And I feel like this game, along with um, It Takes Two, are going to be surprisingly, I think, very popular, yeah. and especially with the current climate of pandemic staying inside you know really only getting to know either your family or your roommates you know maybe this is a good time to be like hey you know do you want to try this game that seems pretty easy for people to get in because i think the difference between uh balan wonderland and it takes two is that it takes two is kind of a more complicated co-op game to where balan wonderland just is going to be you know both of you jumping around and collecting stuff so it's it should be pretty easy for people to get to you do quite a bit of uh cooperative games dropping recently you have this one coming it takes two but also we had mario so kind of a good time for that right now which is kind of cool because you don't really see that as much and also sackboy wasn't too long ago either so a lot of good games right now yeah what i wanted to mention too is i actually um based on your recommendation i decided to buy sackboy i have that coming later this week so cool we're going to have games to talk about. I will mention, too, I did end up playing uh, like the Pokemon uh, Mystery Dungeon games that came out for the Switch. Oh, God. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was very fond of them when I was little, like mm -hmm. taking a Pokemon personality quiz and having them spit out what Pokemon you are. I just thought was the coolest. I was so yeah. enamored with that concept. The game itself, though, is kind of not eh. good just say it not good <laughs> i played it it's not good <laughs> well i i can see i can see why people like it and why it's popular yes pokemon anything they release tends to make gajillions of dollars because that's how popular pokemon is now but re regardless the game does have like some merits when it comes to you know the procedural dungeons that i think are doing are really cool and they do do some quality of life things that do make it a little bit easier for players, especially late game when the dungeons are really long and you really don't have, you know, two hours straight to get through a dungeon. And I always thought like catching the legendaries was also or befriending the legendaries was also a really fun concept. So there's a lot in that game to work with. But if you're uh, I can say, like, if you're a Pokemon fan, don't expect regular Pokemon out of the Mystery Dungeon series really the only I, I really the only cool part of it is taking the test over and over again until you get the pokemon you want or you decide that you or you decide to choose it yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> cheating that's what that is that's called cheating i guess i, I guess we can call it cheating but uh, any other <laughs> games you played this week yeah so i played um i'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it it's either vala or vala i'm not sure um, stands for Vicious Attack Llama Apocalypse. So that's that's a mouthful. Um, it's on Games with Gold this month, so it is free to download. Uh, it's like a top-down twin-stick shooter type deal, only you're just shooting llamas the whole time. Um, and you're in like a mech shooting llamas. So it, I've been, I played it a little bit today. I'm definitely going to play it some more. Um, I think we all know I'm a sucker for that top-down Diablo style. This is not Diablo by any means. It's just go into a mission and literally destroy everything. But uh, the concept is weird, 
and out there a little bit to have, you know, llamas be what you're like killing. And it's super gory. So you're literally like blowing up llamas and there's blood everywhere and that kind of stuff. So if you have like a deep, deep love for llamas, maybe don't play this game if you don't want to see them get blown up. But uh, I've been having fun with it so far. It's it's something different. I needed something different right now besides just Apex every night and that grind to get to 100 wins, which is, you know, getting irritating. But so far, so good. Um, we'll see if I stick through it the whole way. I don't know how long it is. It doesn't seem like it's that long. Um, and then the other thing is I put some more time into Bravely Default 2. And I don't think it's for me honestly. Okay. Um, it's, it's more of like the story seems fine, but like the writing and stuff for me is just not catching me. Um, it's not like annoying me, but it's just not for me. Uh, I like the battle system. I think it's cool being able to, you know, say, Hey, I'm going to take three turns and then sit out. I think that's a cool concept. So I really like that. I just, the story wasn't enough to keep me going on that, but I get where people really like it, but I, I think I kind of expected I wasn't going to be able to stick with it anyway, but I did try really hard. <laughs> You'll finish it, right? Yeah, you know, I, I was telling you over the weekend, I put over 12 hours yeah. into the game. And again, this game is a lot of grinding. I do find yeah. myself a lot of the time grinding in order to get your job level up or to get your characters more to where you're not going to be struggling with the boss as much, but it's, you know, I'm on to chapter three now and, and the game, I think, I think I'm going to finish it. I'm having okay. a lot of fun with it. The, the ship mechanic to where you like when you're idle and you can collect items that can help you along the journey. I really like, because for a lot of the time, like I'll play this game when I go to sleep, I wake up, go to work for eight hours. And by that time it's been 12 hours, which mm -hmm. is the maximum amount of time that your ship can be collecting items for. So when I decide to play, I come on and I'm greeted with a bunch of items that help me, you know, make, make my time easier. Okay. So yeah. see, a lot of these games like that, like you're been, you've been playing like persona and that kind of stuff. When you get farther into the games and you're talking about, it, I'm like, Oh man, that sounds cool. But there's so many games that I want to play that it's hard for me to commit. Like if I don't get, if it doesn't grab me in the first two to five hours i'm more than likely i'm probably not going to want to stick with it which sucks because i bet you if i like put in 20 hours of this game i'd probably be all about it but i just i don't know if i want to commit to that is the problem well i think you and a majority of people are like yeah. that trust me you're not definitely the only one but what i do find is like this kind of game is perfect for switch to where mm -hmm. you know Persona 5 isn't something I can play on the go. Bravely Default is. Okay. And, you know, that's going to be the main difference between this game is, yes, I finished Persona, but, you know, that's that's not anything I'm going to get into. I could talk about that <laughs> game forever. But th that's kind of the difference. When you have a longer type JRPG game, it's going to be kind of nice, especially if you're a younger kid who maybe can't drive just yet or someone who's in the back of the car and you're going on a long trip or even at the airport. You can play this type of game. That's not really something you can do unless you have one of those portable suitcases that have a TV in it. And you can strap in your yeah. your PS4 and Xbox. So that's that's what I like about it. And even with Bravely Default, I also find myself playing it in handheld mode when I have the time or even, you know, when I'm writing the script for the show 
Mm-hmm. I'll be trying to find enemies, and then when I find one, I'll you know battle for thirty seconds, defeat the defeat the enemy, and then continue writing that kind of thing. So I I do get your your stuff with it. Like the 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 writing early on isn't that good, and you know you so many people now you have to have their attentions you know at the moment they turn it on or the opening cutscene in order for them to really in order for people to start playing your game and you know not not everybody has the time nor really wants to be you know have to put in 10 hours before they start to enjoy the game so i i completely see your standpoint and it's <laughs> it's valid i always told myself that i wouldn't be the person to not give games an adequate amount of time like when i was younger and you had all the time in the world it was a lot easier and yeah. that's probably yeah. why i have such fond memories of rpgs then like final fantasy 7 8 and 9 and 10 um and like a lot of other rpg games i played so many rpgs you know in like middle school and high school and even in college but i think i'm just at that point where i have to you really do have to prioritize and a lot of times like like when we get off of work and you know i have a couple hours at the end of the night before i go to bed and do it all over again you know sometimes i don't want to think and the easiest thing when you don't want to think is just all right i'm just gonna play apex or i'm just gonna play call of duty or whatever sometimes for me it's rocket league (laughs) i don't have to think i just can just go and so every once in a while it'll come along right like the final fantasy 7 remake was good where something that was like as soon as I got home from work, I'm like, this is what I want to play. So it takes a special RPG to still pull me in anymore. Hopefully yeah. another one comes along because I'm re- I'm ready. Like, I want another RPG to come out that I can just be like, this is the one I'm going to put 100 hours into. Just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and one thing that we will mention, uh, IGN, I thought, did a really good, cool thing where they decided to review apex legends in 2021 so Mm -hmm. they kind of went over all the updates and how the game has evolved and why it's the best um battle royale of of all of the you know big whatever i guess big three is apex warzone and Fortnite. yeah and you know um everything that the reviewer said it was it was right like we talk about apex a lot on here because it's everything we constantly play yeah you know when when I got home today, my buddy asked me to play Apex, and I was like, duh, I'm going to play Apex. <laughs> when we're done with the podcast, we're going to get on, and we're probably going to play Apex. Yep. Like, it's, you know, uh, I can't say how much fun Apex is, and I know people are burned out, and a lot of people are burned out by the uh, Battle Royale series, but I, I can't say enough to, you know, Apex Legends feels different. The movement, the gunplay the heroes it just i I don't know like when i when i have to go back to warzone and play with my friends who want to play warzone you know it's it's a fun time but i can't see myself having fun with it um by myself yeah in in a lot of ways so um you know the respawn the the makers of titanfall have made this gigantic cash cow that you know ea and probably the developers of respawn are all just swimming in money at this point because of how many skins i buy for um and how much they cost so yeah. i'll give myself a self dig there you know but, you know i i can't prob- explain it it's probably our fault that like not us specifically but 
us being the people who play it almost every day, it's probably our fault that we don't have Titanfall 3, right? Because all their time and effort is going into making Apex and making the new seasons. That could have been, maybe if this didn't do as well, maybe they would have been working on Titanfall 3. Maybe they still are, but I'm always like waiting for that announcement. And I just don't think it's going to come anytime soon. Not with Apex doing as well as it has. I think we'd be more... We'd probably see an Apex Legends 2 before we see a Titanfall 3 at this point. See, and, and I'm more of like the thinking that probably what Respawn has done is cut their team in half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's some there's a bunch of t- people working on the a- the new Apex stuff and other people working on their next new game. And I think with the success of Apex Legends, I think only amplifies what they can do with Titanfall 3. Yeah. And I do think we'll eventually see a Titanfall 3. You know, I Titanfall 2 is a fantastic game. I can't, yeah. you know, explain that enough. And it was a game that didn't get what it deserved uh, when it first came out. And a part of that is because, like, Titanfall was one of the first games to only feature multiplayer. There was no story. Titanfall 2 came out, and they came out with this super cool campaign that was awesome. Yep. And the multiplayer was still fun. So I, I, I personally believe that because of the the success of Apex Legends, we are going to see, you know, Titanfall 3 because more people clamor for that game than I think any other game that I've ever I've ever played or heard about just because of how popular it is. It'd be cool for them to just at this point for a Titanfall 3, just solely focus on a, a good single player experience. Um, they could have multiplayer, but like you have your Battle Royale multiplayer already in Apex. Like, just give me another awesome single player experience like Titanfall 2. That's really all I want. Yeah, just give me back the Titans. Like, I I can't tell you like Titanfall 2. And when you get good at a Titan, it is the most empowering thing in that game. I I remember playing as the specific Titan tone Mm -hmm. and throw out your sensors. You got like missile barrage beams. I was killing like five Titans in a row. And that's (laughs) when you feel like a god at that game. And the you know, I loved the grappling system in Titanfall 2 as well, and it's just not something that translated to me in uh, in Pathfinder, a legend or a hero in Apex Legends. But regardless, I just hope that that kind of movement with the grappling eventually comes back in Titanfall 3 to where I hope they if they do that multiplayer, I hope they keep it the same. Yeah, which in Titanfall 2 it was kind of you versus five other people, and then there were kind of drone bots on each side. So even if you were, you know, bad at the game, you were still getting kills against drone bots. And that makes even kind of the, you know, the second player, you know, the split screen player feel like they're helping because yeah. you get points for killing them. Not as much, but you still get points like uh I, I can't explain like my, my want for Titanfall two is just there. I or Titanfall three. So yeah, I, I have like Titanfall two downloaded on my Xbox, my PlayStation and my computer. Like <laughs> how much more support do they need from me to right. uh, to get this game to come out? <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot you know stress how much I want a Titanfall three. Just make it happen, please. Exactly. Did you end up playing anything else this week? Nope. That was it. All right. So with that, we go into movies and TV. No, no what? A, no WandaVision. <laughs> so it's kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. we. 
one thing I guess we'll say is the initial impressions have come out for uh, Justice League Snyder's cut, and a, it is apparently very good. Everybody is now denouncing the uh, the first take of Justice League, and I'm now going. You have to watch like the the Snyder cut in order to get the story. Which, you know, I was uh, I was hesitant to to want to get excited for this movie because I didn't know what all this runtime would do. So it's you know you know what are your thoughts? Like, what did you think? Um, so um, it's interesting because I'm not like uh, Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, like the other two ones that Snyder did, they were okay. Um, But I think honestly, like I have such a love for Marvel movies that like you end up comparing the two. And I just don't think DC has gotten to that point yet, but um, there has been pretty much nothing but positive. I did find on GameSpot, they had a review of the Snyder cut and they gave it like a three out of 10, which I thought was kind of funny. So it was interesting to read that. They were basically saying like, oh, it's long, it's boring. Um, But I've been trying to kind of read both the good and the bad. And a lot of them are like, well, you know, if you like his style, if you like Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel, you're going to love it. But if you didn't necessarily like those, you're probably not going to like this. Um, So we'll see uh, if I like it or not, because I'm kind of up in the air on his other two that he did. But I think it's it's good that we finally got to see it. All you ever heard when that first one came came out and everybody was like, oh, Justice League is terrible. Is them being like, yeah, but the real one, the Snyder cut is is awesome. You just you'll never get to see it. So I'm glad we're finally going to get to see it. Hopefully it's good. Um, it's just I, I don't know if I'm going to sit through the whole thing in one sitting. We'll see. But I'll definitely get it done this weekend, probably. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it over the weekend. I'm going to wake up like probably early Saturday morning <laughs> just so that I don't you know, wake up on Saturday, watch it and then go, Oh, where did all of my day go? Because yeah. you know, it's, it's a long movie and it's It's going to be something where people have to, you know, maybe, um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for here? People have to, you know, enjoy or take this movie in parts where you have to kind of split it in half and watch it from there. Yeah. But you, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the justice league. I love the animated series when I was a kid and I just want to see DC succeed. Yeah. So, and if the Snyder cut is what it takes for DC to succeed, then I'm all for it. <laughs> I am excited for it, but I think I'm more excited for the start of Falcon and winter soldier, honestly. Um, so, but we have both of those this weekend. So that's cool. That's a action packed weekend of movie slash TV. Yeah. Do you know when the first episode is supposed to air for Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon or Falcon and the Winter Soldier? supposed to be Friday. Okay, so much like WandaVision. So that'll be cool. Yep. Uh, We'll have Fridays to look forward to again. Um, They just released like the final trailer uh, and it looks really good. I'm really excited for that. So and also the final trailer for Snyder Cut looked really good. So I think I'll enjoy it. I tend to watch movies like before I go to bed. Okay. In, like, in like sections anyway. So this may end up being like, maybe I start it Friday and then finish it Sunday or something. But okay, we'll get it done. Did you watch anything this week? So, you know, a couple things. And I know I talked about Animaniacs and that mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I have now finished that okay. series. And Animaniacs is definitely worth it. They do a lot of kind of social commentary, I think more so than ever before. But that like I, I like the Animaniacs. I like what they did. I thought some of it was funny. 
The only thing that I, I guess I I'm not the biggest fan of is I really like the the Animaniacs, the you know Yak, the the Dot, and Yakko. I love those three, and I want to see more of them. To whereas in every episode they tend to cut it in half with a pinky in the brain section, which you know their gimmick is taking over the world, and they mm-hmm. somehow find a new way to try it and then mess it up in some kind of, I guess in a way that's kind of socially, you know, commenting on something. So I, I, I could do without Pinky in the brain. Like I, I'm okay with a little bit less of that. I would be f- okay with more of the, the Animaniacs. Cause that's, that's what I came to that show for was for that specific part. Okay. But and overall it was a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Overall it was a good experience. And the, and the one thing that I was, that I did watch that I do want to talk about was the new grand tour okay um movie type expedition that they did now first off like grand tour is on amazon prime if you haven't watched it yes it's about cars but it is so much funnier than that like the the three hosts of uh grand tour are the same three that were for top gear and the show is just entertaining these guys bounce off each other they make fun of each other like two, like three lifelong friends would. And they each have their quirks that make them funny. And they're all likable in a way. And after the after Grand Tour ended, they kind of announced that, hey, we aren't doing anything anymore, but we will be doing like one adventure spinoffs. And this was kind of that three hour spinoff okay. that they did. And I absolutely love it. They end up in africa and they start off at a small island called reunion and their their producer decides to send them on a trip to go find some treasure so all three of them have cars for it mm-hmm. and one moment that i'll explain and i think i think was probably the funniest part of it all is they find out that they have to go to madagascar and one of them one of the three hosts goes oh i hear the roads there are horrible so they need to now outfit their cars with different stuff so the one guy uh like makes his car a literal tank he takes off the <laughs> wheels and adds that tread track to each of the wheels so that he can you know try to get over the potholes and then it ends up kind of being overkill for when they're actually in Madagascar because the roads aren't that bad. It was just something that one person said that they took too seriously. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I can't recommend it enough. Like I love the grand tour series and they're at, and they're kind of two to three hour specials are just as fun. Yeah. And I, I personally wish like I miss that show so much. I really wish I, we got something like it again. I have like top gear. I was such a fan of when they were all there and like their top gear specials are like some of the funniest things you'll ever yeah. watch. Um, yeah. when they, when they left and went to grand tour, I think I started watching it, but I fell off of it and I have not watched anything from them in a long time. I didn't even know that they had a special, but like that makes me really excited because the specials were always the thing that I looked forward to the most. They're always insane. Um, I don't know. Some of the stuff in like the top gear specials, like, my wife and I still quote to this day. So like <laughs> they're so, they're so great together. I love those guys. So I didn't even know it was out and now I'm excited because I can go watch it. Yeah, I think there's like two or three specials that they have somewhere in okay. like in season 
to where it's divided up in parts or it is one big episode. And then this, I think, was like the first one after the Grand Tour ended where they, they put it out. It's been almost, I think, two years yeah. since the Grand Tour has ended. But it is still like so funny. I can't like I get that you have to be kind of a car head mm-hmm. to maybe find this funny. But it is still such a good time. It is such a relaxing, funny watch. It's like it, this is some of the best comedy and it's not trying to be a comedy yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Did you watch anything else? No, <laughs> I did not. How about um, yourself? So I started watching. I think I've said before, I'm a big fan of Last Chance U on Netflix, um, and they've had a couple seasons of that. So they just added a new season where it focuses around a basketball team instead of a football team, which is even more up my alley. So I'm about halfway through that season. And like, I just love those type of documentaries. Um, This one in particular, like all the behind the scenes stuff brings back like so many memories of high school, even though this is college, this is junior college, but just like the practices that I went through in high school and all the stuff that are behind the scenes. And I'm like, Oh my God, I remember doing all that. I remember hating this, but um, it's been great. <laughs> like yeah. those, all the last chance you stuff is fantastic. Um, it gives you, you know, an idea of like some of these kids who are good enough to be pro, but they don't necessarily take the other things seriously, like keeping your grades up or not making stupid decisions and like the stuff that they have to suffer through. Right. Like they're at, yes, they're playing basketball in college, but it's a junior college. So they don't have scholarships. They have to pay their own way. Um, it's, it's, it's a good watch. So I can't recommend that enough. And then oh. I'm still, I'm still on my pilgrimage to go from the very top of my Blu-ray slash 4k gigantic shelf of movies and get the whole <laughs> way through before the end of the year. So yeah. I made it through like the first small section. So I finished watching book smart again, uh, last night and I, that movie is just hilarious i can't recommend book smart enough if you haven't seen it um i believe it's on hulu to stream for free right now so if you have hulu you can watch it there but such a fantastic funny movie um it's good to see like i, I just forgot how good it was and that that was the point of me going through all these movies I have all these movies and i just never watched them after the first time so <laughs> Yeah, like I watched that, and then the day before, I watched Black Panther again, and I have not watched Black Panther since I saw it in theaters, which is crazy. But um, just cra- it's, it's gives me a whole new appreciation for like this gigantic wall of movies that I have. So yeah, it was a you, good you, uh, it was a good New Year's resolution. Yeah, like, and I have to admit, like after being at your place and seeing kind of all the movies you guys have, you guys have made me started like my own collection of movies. Yeah. Because I can tell you, like, at the start of when I first moved up here into the State College area, I didn't have a single, like, movie to, you know, to me. <laughs> yeah. But now I've started this collection to where, you know, if I'm bored, I have all of these movies to watch now. And they're all, like, good movies that I like. Yeah. And and it just goes to show that, like, I, I know that digital media is something that's becoming more and more popular and it doesn't take up as much shelf space. But I think there's an aesthetic to there is yep. having a physical having the physical copies and having, you know, a, a kind of dedicated portion to those to, uh, to 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 that media that you consume and have a connection to. And, you, you know, it's it's weird of me to say this, but with the whole Pokemon 25 anniversary that was just, you know, a week ago, you know, I, I went and looked at the Pokemon movies I have and they're all, you know, in 
like I'll admit the movies are meant for kids, but I, they still hold a really special place in my heart. And I feel like if I had that digitally, it wouldn't be something that I would look to my shelf and go, Oh, I remember this. These were really cool. Yeah. It would be something where, you know, you're on your movies anywhere app. Cause who doesn't use that yep. scrolling down and go, Oh, that's a cool one. And then continue that kind of thing. Yeah. And part of it too, like I also, they put the last blockbuster documentary on Netflix Okay. And I watched that and that's part of it because watching that and everybody's talking about like, oh man, I miss going to Blockbuster on a Friday night. And like the ritual, at least for me, was like the my family would go and everybody gets to pick one movie and you bring it home for the weekend. But yeah. it's it's just that like being able, since we don't have a Blockbuster anymore, just being able to look at my shelf and be like, all right, what do I want to watch tonight? And just physically grab it is so much better than for me going through like, all right, let's see what Netflix has. All right. What does Hulu have? All right, let's try HBO. Just like all these, these are a million options, but to me, it just feels better to physically grab it off the shelf and put it in a Blu-ray player. Yeah. I'm, I'm exactly with you. And now that I've signed re-signed up for HBO max, mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch. And I just noticed they had Batman beyond on there, yep. which was like an instant classic <laughs> for, for me. I loved, I loved that TV show as a kid and I'm probably going to give it a watch, but other than that, like, you know, you know, physical media still has a place in this world. And I really hope that it doesn't all become digital. Yeah. Yeah. We're in trouble if it does. Yeah. <laughs> did you end up watching anything else? No, that was it. OK. And then one thing that did just come to my head and it's just super quick and I know it's about anime, but it's kind of, I guess, bigger. The number one grossing like movie in japan is demon slayer mugen train which demon slayer is a very popular anime even here in the states and i'm pretty sure even craig probably has heard of demon slayer not watched it but at least heard of it (laughs) i have the movie is finally coming to the united states in april and then digitally in june so if anybody's looking to like try and watch that maybe now's your time to go online and try to find tickets they did say the it's going to be in theaters and an IMAX. So all power, uh, all power to, you know, people who, who want to watch it. Uh, for a lot of us, it's very hard to just because mm-hmm. a lot of these, this move, these types of movies are very selective to which movie theaters decide to host them because they don't know if they're going to get money or enough money or make enough revenue right. off of people coming in to watch them. But this is, the number one move money making movie in Japan. And I'm interested to see how this movie does in America because the anime was also very popular here. Yeah. Hopefully it does make money because you want to be able to have options in when movies do come back. So hopefully it does. Yeah. So with that, we're going to be done with our movies. And now that you've all waited so patiently (laughs) to get to the, to get to the giveaway, I now have, the randomizer list up for both Instagram and Twitter. Now I'm going to randomize both things. Ha, ha, what's the magic number between one and five here? How many times do you want me to randomize it? Uh, let's go four. Four. Okay. Yeah. So we will do the Instagram one first. Okay. Sorry. Sorry if you hear the clicks. Drum roll. No, drum roll. I can't make this very clear. Yeah. That's what to say. I'm going to make it very clear. We, I can't, you know, sorry if you hear the clicks. Yep. One, two, three, <laughs> four. All right. So four, uh, uh, on Instagram, Rachel, I know nice. you'll probably be listening to this, but you are one of the people that won. 
on Instagram. So uh, DM me or DM the Instagram page and just let us know what kind of game cards you're looking for. And we're going to get that uh, hold uh, to you. So yep. congratulations on that. And now Twitter, which <laughs> I guess we'll see how this goes before I start <laughs> saying anything. Um, so one, two, three, four. James is the winner of the <laughs> uh, Twitter giveaway. So please make sure to DM me there. Uh, I will say it was funny. Rachel did enter in both. I wasn't yep. sure if I was going to allow her to win both, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. But that is the that's the giveaway that we have here. This is our way of saying thank you to the people that continue to listen. And we will be doing other giveaways. So yep. if if people want to get in this, you just got to you. You you probably have social media pages. You definitely have uh, one an of Instagram them. or yep. Twitter. <laughs> yep. And if I get enough people to tell me to do a Facebook one, maybe the next one we do is on Facebook because yep. I, I also know a lot of people have that. I but, think we need to do some sort of giveaway when we get to the 50 follower mark on Twitch too. I think that yeah, would be cool. Yeah, I think, I think so too. It would be fun. And like I said, we're going to make sure and... I can't guarantee that they're always going to be fifty dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, they th this isn't something we get paid for. There are no ads in this. This <laughs> is something that Craig and I do purely out of passion for gaming and movies. So, you know, um, congratulations to the winners and thank you so much for listening. And that starts to go into the outro here now. Now that I have to mention that, um, thank you for listening to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. If you guys are interested. We have a Twitch that's af that we mentioned, and we're we're trying to get to fifty subs to get to affiliate. Yep. And like, think about this too: if we get to fifty, uh, we get to start having emojis and and yep. stuff. And uh, it would be funny if Craig or I get to draw these things. <laughs> like, right. I am a I am a horrid drawler. I'll make that very clear. <laughs> and you know the you're gonna have your own Craig and Barry Pog yep. emotes. And I can guarantee you already. If we get our own emojis, I will for sure make one of Barry saying just one more skin. I just need one more skin. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a Twitch. We have a Instagram, a Twitter and a Facebook, all of which we're doing. Give we, you know, we did a giveaway on. So make sure you follow and pay attention to that. I would appreciate if you like the podcast that you would share it with your friends and try to help us grow because it only it, it means a lot to us if you could. And if you're interested, we do have a website called HighSensitivityGaming.com where we haven't posted a lot, but that's because all the games I'm playing are 100 hours. Yeah. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't really write a review on that kind of stuff just yet. But regardless, um, thanks again for listening, and thank you for watching, and we will see you guys next time. See you later.